Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. I want to welcome you to this very special edition of the Brains Magazine podcast. Today is our second edition for the Diversity, Equity and Inclusion panel. And we're going to get our teeth stuck into a fantastic and fascinating topic called the conscious versus unconscious bias. And today we have seven amazing individuals who are going to share their thoughts on this particular topic. We have Hakimi Jackson. Hakimi is the CEO and global executive coach. She's also the DEI and B strategic advisor. Nama Tassi. Nama is using brand content and systems to attract premium clients consistently. Nama is a LinkedIn trainer and marketing strategist. Also joined with Cordelia Gaffer. Cordelia is the ultimate joy monger. Cordelia is the creator of Replenish Me and also a fellow podcast host. We have Dr. Lisa Lewis with us. Lisa is a TEDx speaker, a best-selling author, and the belief system boss. We have Andre Smith. Andre is an author, an editor, and a writing coach. We have Dave Barr. Dave is a disability advocate and educator. Let's dive straight in. Hi, guys. How's everybody doing today? Are you all doing well? Obviously, the seven of you with me, which I'm excited for. Is everybody good? Oh, fantastic. I'm great. Amazing. Amazing. So cool. So today, obviously, the whole topic is around conscious versus the unconscious bias. And so we're going to dive straight in today. And my first question is actually going to come to you, Nama. I would love to know from you. What is a conscious bias? Can you can you tell us what a conscious bias is and, and maybe give us an example? Um <laughs> hi, I didn't expect to go first, but um I think conscious bias is where it's the bias is intentional. I mean the preference to to do something or act in a certain way is intentional. Uh, based on experience, life, but you prefer it that way. It's it's intentional. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I think that when we get into the real nitty-gritty of this interview, like one of the questions that I've got further on down the road is is actually what is the difference between like having a preference for something and actually having a bias? Because I think that that is an interesting playground to kind of just have a a little discussion mm. on so when we're talking about the conscious bias you know you're talking about having a preference and that's based really on experience your own life situation we all have a lens and a point of of reference and and the way that we see things and uh, i know obviously you know me throwing that one at you um you weren't expecting it and uh it's always interesting isn't it somebody has to go first and uh yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad it was you now so 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 well done you can you can breathe a little bit and uh 
we're going to come back to you and we're going to get some more some more from you as well over the next uh, 45 minutes or so so okay. so thank you nama uh, lisa right. lisa i'm going to going to come to you now i would love to know from yourself what is an unconscious bias and, and could you give us an an example of that so when i think of unconscious bias the thing that immediately comes to mind is what we don't know we're unaware of as an individual that we are biased in that particular way. So part of an example that I like to use is I am finishing up my certificate at uh, Cornell for diversity and inclusion. And I had to take uh, an exam about conscious bias. And I was so taken aback by the results of the exam of my, a conscious bias that I did not realize I had. Uh, the test gauged when hiring individuals, looking at pictures, headshots only, and brief highlights, about five for each individual education, experience, and that sort of thing, who would you hire? And it was a quick response. So when I got to the end to find out that I uh, had the unconscious bias of picking um, people who were better educated and attractive versus those that were unattractive and possibly equally as educated. So it was something that um, that I've had to do a little more digging in, but that clearly brought to surface for me an unconscious bias, something that I didn't even know or uh, was aware that um, that I had. And as a hiring official, that's important for me to know and and deal with it. Yeah, again, I, I'm I'm going to have to hold on to my own breaks here because I, I am really I'm really curious about like going back to that preference again, preference versus bias. And like, where is the, where is the middle ground? Where is the crossover? So I'm kind of having to hold myself back even from both what you and Nama said there, because it's like, for me, it's like a bit of a, uh, a rag to a ball. I'm kind of thinking, you know, there's a part of me that's like, yes, we need to be all inclusive and we need to challenge and we need to have an awareness uh, and we need to be challenged in our own blind sides and then a part of me is like it's perfectly fine to have standards to to like the color blue over the color red and you know all that good stuff so just wanting to hold hold back a little bit great thank you uh lisa for for that one that was uh was beautiful uh dave uh would love to speak to you now dave uh, my question for you is why do unconscious biases need to be challenged and changed why is it not okay for, for them to continue? Well, here it goes. Here's an answer that I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head. Um, why they need to be changed is, I think, for more people to be recognized, uh, more people to be understood, more people to be um, thought of in, in a good way or, or, or however they want to be portrayed. Um, you know, I think for me personally, so... I've been blind since birth. And so, you know, I, everybody has an unconscious bias in some way, but, you know, like, for example, I guess I, I feel like if somebody's um, describing something to me and they're like, oh, oh, should I not use color because you've never seen color? And I'm like, no, 
tell me what color your hair is or what color the shirt is that I'm looking at. Cause I need to know these things. I mean, it's kind of a basic example, but you know, it's just one of those things where like, if somebody's describing something, I've never seen it, but I, I want to know what it is so I can relate, you know, in society, because in my case, you know, I, I grew up in a world uh, made for and by sighted people. So it's just, it's always there. And I'd rather know about it than not know about it. So I think, you know, why they exist is just because I think it's a human thing to have, but I think the more you recognize it, the more you can step back and kind of take stock in your own way and say, okay, what is the bias and how can I change it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, I think one of the, one of the challenges, like if I just speak for self, cause I always think that when you speak of self, you're on more secure ground, I think. You know, there's certain things, Dave, that I'll never experience. You know, because I'm I'm not blind, and and, right. and you are, and so I requ I require, and I also also encourage, obviously, for you to share your truth, so that somebody who isn't blind can be educated and more sensitive towards what what it is that I can do to support you and encourage you, just as I would love your support and encouragement in in me being able to see, as a, as an example, and and you know when we're talking of like the unconscious, it is some of these, I guess, ignorances, would you say? Yeah. And we all have them. Like, I think that's the first step is to say, yeah, I've got that. That That's, you know, that's a part of life. So I think it's not something that's ever, I, this is just my opinion, but it's not something that's ever going to go away, but it's how you deal with it and how you make it, you know, so that, sort of the, so that it's a learning experience as opposed to just, something that's there like okay i have this bias now what can i do with it to make myself more aware and better i think i love that and i i also think that you know when i hear different like like debates there's one big one in the uk at the moment uh and it's still around racism and and they put a lot of emphasis on sport being the solution you know of 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 racism and i i think you know when they say all oh, football should do more or the government should do more, actually individually, we should all do more. We're all responsible for diversity. We're all responsible for equity. We're all responsible for inclusion, both as us wanting to be heard, but also us wanting to hear other people. And one of the reasons why I love doing this particular podcast is, is purely because we're all having a voice and we're all helping and educating each other as well as giving our own point of reference, because, you know, I'm not going to experience some of the things that you do and maybe you won't experience some of the things that I do. So I shouldn't hold that against you. But what I should do is, is speak my truth in the hope that it, it liberates all and that we all become more accountable, um, which is really what I want. Thanks, Dave. I'm looking forward to getting more of your, your thoughts uh, as we dive in deeper right my next question is for cordelia cordelia this is something that i said like i was holding the brakes on i just kind of want to start to let them go now but for, for, for you what's the difference between preference and being unconsciously biased and that becoming unhealthy uh, do you have some thoughts on that and it may be that i do open this question up again uh, a little later as well as well yeah, I'm I'm really excited that this is my question, because that's what I was thinking as I was listening to the answers is that you have to make a distinction between what is preference and what is bias. 
And so the definition of bias is having a preference which results in your choice being unfair to others, right? So that's the distinction. You know, it, it's one thing to, I mean, okay, Dr. Lisa, you like, you prefer people that are educated and attractive. I mean, is that unfair? Everybody likes nice scenery. It's very motivating, right? <laughs> um, so I don't know that it's unfair. Um, and uh, then, but it's the distinction here is like, if you preferred um, attractive black men who are highly educated, right? Then what about all the good looking Spanish guys and white guys, you know, like staff may not like that, you know, so that's unfair. <laughs> you know, I'm just making a joke here, but <laughs> obviously when we think of diversity, equity, and inclusion and being unfair, it's not like, <laughs> so, <laughs> But it, it is it is interesting though, isn't it? Because like this whole this whole topic is kind of interesting to know where to to sit yourself and where to not even second guess yourself. Because if you think of like, you know, if we all want a partner, then we all have things that that we like and we don't like, and it should be absolutely okay um, to 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 rule out. Uh, certain individuals because then they're not like what we're we're looking for right. at the end of the day we only have to like one person and 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 have a like one romantic like partnership um, but it's standards in that case that's more of a preference issue yeah. that's not a bias issue you know what i mean yeah so i mean i guess a better example of people being unfair is kind of like not you know having a preference for white or white women and men who are educated and good looking, right? That's where it gets to be unfair, especially when you look at the demographics in the United States, right? So I, I don't know what, I don't actually know the statistics, but I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around 60, 70% white here. Right. And so that rules out a whole lot of people, you know, because, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a lot of others that are looking, you know, for for work as well and to not be considered just because of the color of their skin that's unfair right yeah and i'm sure that we will we will talk a little bit more and i'm sure there's other people that probably are chomping at the bit um my next question is going to go to andre now andre's wrote a whole book uh, around conscious versus unconscious so i'd imagine that andre is absolutely busting a gasket to kind of uh to, to share and and uh i appreciate everybody's patience as as we work our way round, uh, Andre, my, my question for you is, uh, how do we find out what unconscious biases we may have? Uh, Dr. Lisa was saying that uh, she took a test, uh, an exam, uh, and, and helped reveal some biases. Have you got some thoughts on, on how we can all kind of look for these unconscious biases we may have? Yes, yes, yes. And so far, we've heard some really wonderful concepts and understandings around bias, preference, um, and how to start to figure out which ones we have. What I wrote about in my book was that, so we have to consider that our behaviors are evidence of the beliefs that are in our minds. And so we can actually start to pick out our biases and identify them based off of the actions we're taking. So to point back to Dr. Lisa's 
point earlier around, say, hiring. Um, I wrote about an example where you may be a business owner and you're hiring people that fit a conventional mold of what you may be used to seeing. In this case, you might be in a predominantly Hispanic or uh, multiracial community, but you went to college at a largely um, white university or a largely white demographic, and you're used to seeing white male figures in leadership roles. You bring that same mentality to the uh, to the business here. You may not realize that you're hiring people who fit the convention that you're used to because you you're so used to seeing it done that way. Um, but when you start to think about who am I hiring and why am I only hiring this person, you can start to realize, okay, I do have a tendency to hire this person this way. Why? Well, they look more this way. They seem more trustworthy. Okay, why? Well, because it's always been this way. Ah, so now you can realize you've always seen it this way. And so you, you start to sort of backtrack and go up the chain. Behavior is the result of beliefs, which are the results of some level of conditioning. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. It kind of shines a light on, on maybe a couple of things in the, in the past. And I'm talking like 10, 15 years, not to incriminate myself, but even like choices that I may have made, like to hire people, because I know what um, the general public want um, in in a particular environment. And, and so... Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you said that our behavior is uh, the belief in our mind. And actually, the first thing that we can all do is is to focus on some of our belief systems, right? Could you give us an example of, of that? Right. And yes. It's, um, so let's think about it this way. Let's say we touched on the idea of, of, of preference a moment ago. Um in, in dating, you may think that it's totally preference. Some may say it's totally conditioning. Um, but let's just say, for example, that you only want to date people within your own um, ethnic or racial demographic. For me, let's say I only want to date black women. Um, this is all hypothetical for the discussion here. Um, but let's just say here that I only want to date black women. The question becomes why why is that and so if the behavior is only dating black women african-american women in particular um where does that come from oh well i have a preference towards them why it's going to trigger a because answer the because is well they look like me they can relate to me we have a shared experience my family will like them more I won't be so confused. There'll be less social ridicule. And so this belief then behind those thoughts, because really that's what we're getting at. We have these answers that are thoughts and the belief is right above that. The belief becomes really, or reveals itself as if I date black women, I will be more socially accepted. It's going to be more normal. It'll be a better fit for me. So I'm going to make that my preference. Now I can ask myself if I want to change that belief, is this true or is it not? Is this a valid belief to hold? 
would I be equally as accepted or have uh, equal validity in society if I only date black women or if I date openly across um, different races? And that discussion can go so much further in so many different directions, but when you start to identify the chain of thoughts that you're holding and the beliefs that they stem from, you can start to challenge them and really think, wow. Another really short example is, let's say you're walking down the street at night and you come across a person of a different skin color who's just kind of standing there. So let's say you're a woman walking down the street, going to your car or in the parking lot, and there's a man of a different race just kind of hanging out. He, in your perspective, looks a little bit shady. For most women, right off the bat, they're gonna, they're, they're, their attention is going to go up high because they don't know this person. He's a stranger. He's a man. It's nighttime. The level of danger for them is really high. Now, let's say that he's dressed suit and tie. It looks like he just got off a, a business meeting or is going to seem more or less threatening, probably less because he has the appearance of someone who socially can be trusted versus someone who looks like they came off of a gangster rap cover. But it also depends on where you might have come from. For some women who grew up around those kinds of guys, that's going to look more trustworthy than the standard average Joe White guy in a suit who might, for them, resemble some serial killer who has no business being in that neighborhood. Why are you on this part of town? But for each of them, there's going to be a set of belief systems or a lot of beliefs that come from their background that's going to inform their thoughts, that's going to trigger their behavior, which is probably to keep an eye on him while they're walking by, clutch their purses a little bit tighter, maybe have their hands on their keys or their cell phone for an emergency call. When you pick out those behaviors, you start to trace it back. I'll stop there. <laughs> no, yeah, it's good. And you're going to have you're going to have more time to uh, to interject obviously when whenever we're talking about a subject that's in your wheelhouse where you're passionate you have a lot of knowledge it's really hard to just be be fully measured on on what you want to share because you've obviously got a lot of wealth and knowledge obviously writing a whole book on this uh so that's totally understandable we will come back to you uh andre as well um so hakimia i i just wondered from your point of view like how how do we improve the whole situation now around the unconscious and the conscious bias how do we improve equality and di and diversity at this at this current stage uh, from my perspective is is making it more than just a business case but making it a mission case connecting it to and i've heard it throughout this common theme of connecting it to you know the why um on why we're doing this from an individual level and an organization level why are we here is this just for information are we having this podcast just to run our mouths or are we having it to actually do something about it, to change the societal approach on how we see black and brown, um, ableism, sexism? What are we doing with this information and why? And what's the impact behind the why? So once we get that information, and this is through podcasts like this or facilitation workshop, executive coaching, that's my background, where we gain this heightened awareness of your connection to this topic, unconscious bias. Oh my God, I've had them all my life. I didn't even know. Okay, well, what are you going to do with this information? Acknowledge where you're at. Mark, you said it. You know what? I'm reflecting back and I may have had some skeletons back there in my story. You did. I did. It's there. So what am I going to do about it? 
okay? I'm gonna make some change. Now it's time to act. How do I want to act? In what capacity do I want to act and lead in this space? Because the reality is, as you can see, certain things, is, it's a little touchy-feely, right? It's a, a very emotional topic. And our hearts can get very heavy, very fast. So what we want to do is take a step back to see where do I want to make this lasting impact? Because I can't do all things and be everywhere pertaining to this topic. But what matters most to me? You know what? I want to be in this space, particularly for white men. I want to help them increase awareness on their biases. And here's why, because I, I, I'm a white man, I've been in this space and I've seen how my awareness has created this space for diverse people here on this podcast and it's making a difference. Okay, well, let's do it. Let, let me do that. In what way do I wanna make this impact? What does that look like for me? What does success look like for me as Mark at this level, at this season in my career? And then what does that look like elevating it next year? in the year after. Make it purposeful and intentional and not just about what you can get in return or how you want to look as a brand amongst the community that you're in. Yeah. I mean, you said that with a lot of, a lot of passion and, and conviction. And um, <laughs> you, you're right there. I think you're touching up on something because I think there is a, there is a danger and it's difficult for me because I, in some ways, I know that I'm privileged. Uh, I, I've heard some people say that being a white uh, man uh, from the UK in particular is one one of the like greatest like privileges in terms of society. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, at least that's what other people have told me. You know, so it's it's always difficult for me. Though, what what can I do? I mean, I couldn't I couldn't change any of those things. That's just the way it is, as 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 it is for all of us. None of us can change the way that we that we look. Um, the interesting thing for me is the fact that, you know, are we doing things because there's an expectation now, especially within the marketplace, to be doing and saying the right things? But like you said, unless yeah. there's actual change then it become then it just becomes noise and you and people become more frustrated because it's like we're saying the same thing but it's all lip service that's it it's know. performative yeah why i don't need the song and dance i need someone who is truly committed to change the trajectory of tomorrow for my children for your community for this person who really needs things to change so that they can have a better lifestyle, way of living, opportunities. You know, like we also have to look outside of us. It's not just about me. We got to make it about the we, the us, the collective for a greater tomorrow. Yeah, I think I think that is like what I really believe that mm -hmm. we are all as individuals responsible and we can all do our bit and yet i also still have to remind myself that the certain things that i'm totally blindsided to unable to see because i'm not a woman so i can't i can't imagine what it's like to to hit up against some of the the challenges that women have had because i'm not a woman and likewise there will be that case as well that you know for you that are ladies that are not men. 
you know of what of what that is and 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 we've all got some some differences of course and it's it's trying to play our part but we're all responsible and uh i guess i kind of want to open it out a little bit now for a couple of you to kind of add in here as as, as long as it's not chaos and we kind of once somebody started speaking just just wait uh and then we'll give you give you a chance to kind of share but um I guess I'd like to start with just before I ask any more questions that based on everything we've discussed so far, if there's something that, that one or two of you wanting to share or add to, then then now is probably the, the best time to do that. So you can see that Andre's got his hand up and, and Lisa. So uh, Andre, you go ahead and then we'll go, we'll go to Lisa and see if we've got time for one more uh, for this particular question. So, so go ahead, Andre. Awesome, wonderful, and I'll be brief here. Um, what I love about this discussion and where it's gone so far is that you've also all mentioned that we do all have these biases. And going again to that concept of bias versus preference, I'm wondering, and well, I've kind of discussed the idea before in other spaces that um, preference and bias are not necessarily different. Um, we all have them. The problem comes in where these biases exist and how they come into play. So like you mentioned in the dating space, it's an inherently biased activity. There's going to be some spaces where someone just doesn't have the right look, the right sound, heck, even the right laugh. And it's going to feel unfair, but that's also a part of the game. It's a rigged game in that sense. And we can't really judge people in that way. But then in a business space, or in educational space, um, these same types of biases don't impact someone's personal outcome. So we can't use our personal biases to to then judge someone else and say that they're going to be a fit for this role or not, or determine whether or not they get that sort of education. And so one of the big things about my book is that I try to remind people that it's not about the personal preferences that you have for what you do in your private life that make bias and prejudice a problem. It's the prejudices that you hold that allow you to look at people negatively and treat them negatively in any space in or outside the home. How are you, how are your biases causing you to treat people is the question. If your biases allow you to see them as less than, inadequate, insufficient, or beneath you in any regard, that's a bias that needs to be analyzed and challenged. Um, and the same is true for anyone else. If you are feeling like you're being treated this way, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what your ability or disability is, you should be questioning whether or not this space is fair and equitable to you and to others. Because if you're feeling this way, there's more than likely someone else feeling this way, and it might become an issue of a old belief system that needs to be torn down so that's good i'm glad that you made the 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 distinct the distinguishment as well between like say personal dating and something in the workplace but it coming coming down to really how are you treating people um because for me it is it's about respect it's about courtesy and it's about consistency and not treating somebody differently just because of what they have what they don't have so that was uh that was really good um lisa and then dave uh so lisa let's let's hear from from you 
So I belief systems are my wheelhouse and the, the alarm for me around the unconscious bias that the test revealed is because I've been on the receiving end of that unconscious bias of interviewing for jobs and being told, well, these are professional jobs. Well, we're looking for, we have a certain idea of what we're looking for and who we want to represent us. We have a public facing position and we have an internal facing position. And to hear for the external facing position, we want a certain look for people to be receptive to the information that that individual is sharing, as opposed to the person that's internal facing that deals with the customer's inside, we're fine, regardless of how that individual looks. So two people, same level of experience, same level of education. However, when the final decision came down to who got what position, it was about looks. So, um, so to have to show up for job interviews, not that I, I like anybody else, I don't show up scruffy looking, right? I show up the best way that I possibly can, but to have in my mind, I felt like being in, um, elementary school again, when you're being picked for the sports team, will I be the first one picked or the last one picked and kind of putting so much weight on, oh gosh, I hope they pick me for the external facing position, because then that means I must have the look, forget all the experience. So, so the fact that my testing came up, that I was, I had some residue of an unconscious bias of the looks type of thing. Yes. I, I agree with you. Totally. Akemia. I had to change. I had to do the work to make the conscious effort to make a change because of my belief systems due to experience that had been ingrained in me that I had not even realized had taken root. And I was exacting that same type at potential of exacting that same type of scrutiny and unconscious bias on others. So I just needed to speak my piece with that. <laughs> You yeah, did that... it. Thank you for speaking that piece. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a powerful like illustration. And and it, it says a lot about you as well, because whenever I think of leadership, I, I always talk about how leadership starts with self. And we all have to look at self first, both on, on how we communicate with others, but also how we communicate with ourselves. Your ability to, to reflect and to look and to be honest with yourself has now enabled you to also be honest with, with, with others too. And I think that's really important. And I, and I do want to go there in a, in a few moments in terms of what can we all do as individuals to, to start to alter and change uh, this situation of, of biases. Uh, Dave, uh, go ahead and, and, and share uh, some things that, that you want to respond to from what you've heard already. Okay. Well, here it goes off the top of my head. And I think like, I'll try and try and be brief in quotation marks. Um, you know, as a person with a disability, right? That very word puts me in a different category in terms of how it's talked about. And 
just for the record, I don't really have a better word for it because that's what it is. In my case, I am not able, and in my case, never have been able to see. And it's going to be different for every person that has some sort of disability, whether that disability is something that's you know, obvious like mine or whether it's the so-called invisible disability that you wouldn't notice from just walking by somebody on the street. And so, I mean, I think I recognize in myself that I have my own bias and things like that. If I had, if I, um, and with other people with disabilities and someone maybe has a speech impediment, you know, I I'll, I've admit, you know, I'll admit that sometimes I've in the past been like, okay, come on, can we go a little faster? And then I have to remind myself, no, that's as fast as they can talk. It's just how they are. And, you know, to recognize that, um, that sort of thing. But I think it, in the workplace, it happens too for people with disabilities, especially a one in four people in America have some sort of disability, whether they disclose it or not, which they're not legally obligated to do. Um, and the employer can't ask about it, but also the employer is thinking in terms of their bottom line and productivity of the individual. And so, you know, in my case, I use a screen reader, my computer talks to me. Um, things take me a little bit longer because I have to listen instead of look at a piece of paper or I have to get things in different formats so that I can use them um, electronically scanned in and things like that um, in college and stuff. So it, it everything takes me two to three times as long sometimes to, to get information. And an employer might look at that and be like, man, that's going to be two to three times as long as ours. And that means more money and we don't want to do it. And so a lot of people with disabilities aren't employed because of that. Um, and it's, it's frustrating, but still, even with technology as fast as it is, that's how it, you know, that's how it is. And so I think those two things are, are kind of relatable and like recognizing how those things work together, work against each other, um, I think is important both within our own selves and within um, a corporate structure as well. So sorry, that wasn't as brief as I thought, but it was beautiful though it was beautiful and it was humble and it was real and it was honest um and i think we can all put our hands up and say we've all uh, got biases we've all got unconscious biases we've all got things we need to to work on uh to own up to to be challenged to challenge our own truth um and like what um, we were saying earlier like we don't just want it to be lip service we want it to actually make a change and you know it always starts with self how we have to actually start to to question you know uh, our beliefs in our mind like andre was saying and then asking ourselves the questions as to why uh, and then find that because uh, and then really drill down into that like and challenge some of those some of those thoughts so yeah thank you dave for for that um cordelia um you go ahead and and, and share share something you know, I was thinking the, the great news here is time is not linear, you know, and that means that as a possibility by us having these conversations and replacing the noise with better noise, right, in quotations, then that will normalize people thinking about freeing themselves from their biases, it will get people thinking about, do I have biases? How did that happen? Like, when did that happen? You know, and 
and then making a choice because it really underneath the underbelly of all of this is about who you're being, who you're being with people. I disagree a little bit about the, the, the um, personal life versus professional, because like the, the truth is who you're being in your personal life is who you are being in your professional life. There is no way that you turn it off when you get to work. Doesn't happen Preach. like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it's like that you got to like, mm -hmm. just like free your mind and really be honest with yourself. Be in integrity, you know, and do am I unfair in my biases? And um, and how is that showing up for me? And is that making my life better? Because if I'm not making my life better, then guess what I'm radiating in the world? More mm. of my miserableness. So mm. that's all. <laughs> that's good, and it's it's healthy to uh, to have a a slight dis disagreement because I think that's how we kind of uh, start to process and challenge. Again, that that brings a healthy dynamic and challenge. So thank you for for that. And obviously, there was quite a lot of agreement there anyway so that was uh, that was good and uh, nama did you want to say, say something because i'm mindful everybody else has had something to say so if you'd like to share something from what, what you've heard so far yeah um not exactly to share but to ask a question um yesterday i was having a conversation with some of my ladies and it just came up is it possible for a black person to be racist no, <laughs> no, because racism is about economic and political power. And so unless you're in a country where most of the people are black or the majority is black, it wouldn't be possible. Because, again, going back to the definition, that's the distinction between prejudice and racism. Mm -hmm. OK. Does anybody else want to answer, answer that? Because that's that's a really interesting that's a really interesting question as well as a really interesting answer. Does anybody else want well, sure. to respond to that? Yeah, Cordelia, perfect answer. Great question. Perfect answer spoken very clearly. Um, just to add on to this wonderful answer, um, it really is the difference between the definitions of racism versus prejudice versus bias. Um, bias is an unfair belief to kind of paraphrase and loosely define. It's an unfair belief around the differences of things. Um, prejudice is an unfair belief system that disenfranchises someone else. Racism is systemic. It's a systemic implementation of uh, prejudices and discrimination, and it's built around power dynamics. And so one can only truly be racist if they are supporting that power dynamic. Um, socially, we consider the term racism to mean prejudice, to mean bias, but um, politically and sociologically, that's not necessarily the full definition. And so it's one of those cases where the dual meaning of the word 
as we use it socially is what's kind of holding people back. They think, well, I can't be racist because I don't believe that white people are better than black people. I can't be racist because I don't have that particular bias. But the system itself supports inequity. And by supporting the system, you're engaging in this sense. And it's the same thing with um, patriarchy and with ableism um, and even with gender bias and and, um, sexual orientation bias. You think, well, I don't hate these people. I don't dislike these people, so I'm not prejudiced. Okay, great. You're, you're prejudiced. We appreciate you not being prejudiced, but the system itself still disenfranchises these people at a systemic level. Okay, well, we rewrote the laws. Maybe we rewrote the laws, but did we enforce having to change the behaviors? What was the point of having discussions or rewriting laws if we didn't change things for the better, if that makes sense? Yeah, it does. Um, guys, we've got about five minutes, so I I want to ask another question and and for you guys to to give your your responses here. Uh, I know that this is our second uh, DEI podcast that we've done, and I I'm sure we will we will do another one. And there's always a lot a lot to be said, and time flies, especially when we've got uh, such great value and and depth and, and intelligence on, on the on the podcast, but like I said, like for me, leadership always starts with self. Uh, and I believe that we're all responsible for how we turn up in this world. Um, so my question is, you know, what can we all do as individuals to alter and change uh, this situation of unconscious bias and, and really capsulating everything we've talked about? And what maybe if each of you can share one thing that we can do uh as an individual to actually really take hold of this so it goes from you know not just knowledge and preaching and having a nice conversation but actually for for society to change so feel free to uh to go one at a time on this one for me i'm mad that you just gave us one thing but i'm gonna try to (laughs) just say one thing and that is accountability We've all heard leaders say, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to commit to. But then we look a year down the line and nothing has changed or we barely moved the needle forward. And that's because we're not keeping our leaders accountable. And if we are, it's not sticking. So accountability may look like, hey, I'm going to call out some of the systemic white supremacy policies or processes that you have in place at your organization, or, hey, I'm going to call out that you're not keeping your end of the bargain. So maybe from a performance perspective, you're going to get impacted. Hey, I'm going to call out, you know, these actions that you're allowing on the team. It's not inclusive. We don't have the psychological safety. Creating space so that your individual individual contributors can call you out to pull you in, as well as you could call out your board members and senior leaders so that they can push the needle forward. Accountability is my thing. I love it. Thank you so much. (laughs) Go ahead, Lisa. Your hand is raised over to you. Practitioners. We have to practice diversity and inclusion. Although we're all being educated, which is a great thing, but we have to practice it in our personal lives, in our professional lives. And by uh, by a byproduct of that is we will lead by example. We have to be practitioners. Beautiful. Love that. Really. 
because it is it's it is it's going from from what we know is true like people always say you know knowledge is king well it's actually applied knowledge that's king we can have all the knowledge and understanding you know that there is but unless we're actually living in it breathing in it and expressing it you know it really doesn't i always say we need revelation and and, and not knowledge and revelation for me is taking that knowledge and, and giving it a heartbeat and seeing it show up in our everyday so love that you talked about you know being a practitioner so we've got accountability uh and being a practitioner uh next who's next who'd like to go next go on dave yeah i think kind of going along with that it's it's I always tell people, like, don't be afraid to ask questions and admit also that you don't know something, you know, not knowing and saying, hey, I don't know how this works as a person with a disability. How do you do X, Y, and Z? Like, ask those questions, get that knowledge. And also just, I've always found it powerful for me and just just say, hey, I don't know how this works. And I'll admit that I don't know. So teach me, educate me, let me learn, and then, you know, allow me to, to teach you and educate you. So kind of going along with that accountability and just not being afraid of what we don't know to get more information. Love that. And and it feels very much, though, I mean, I always have an opinion on everything, um, but I, I always love to be in an audience uh, and in a discussion and, and with each of you today to really ask questions so that I, that I can be in a place of, of understanding uh, and learning as well. So I love that you, that you shared that day. Thank you. Uh, Andre over to you. Absolutely. I would definitely have to just add in there and tack on to accountability. Like that is so huge. A lot of the spaces that we're in right now is purely lip service or we will dance around language trying to say the right things and sometimes we just need to say it call it like it is and to go along with that you know really put on the armor of courage whatever that looks like for you and recognize that some parts of the work will be uncomfortable um, you will deal with people who don't want to change you'll deal with people with parts of yourself that doesn't want to change and if you can just be courageous in every moment and choose to face reality for what it is you're going to be so much better off and you're going to create spaces where other people can also be brave. Yeah. I love that. That I think that one's a, a, a tough, a tough challenge. And um, the only reason I, I personally find it tough is because sometimes I am mindful to, to tread carefully because the last thing I would ever want to do in any situation would be, would be to offend uh, or to say something like that's careless because, you know, for me, if I reflect on, on, the man that I am, it's like, do I make mistakes? Yes, all the time. Uh, I always have the right heart, but sometimes uh, it's the wrong execution. Uh, so ask, asking for us to, to call it as it is, is is difficult, especially for myself, because I, I don't suffer the way that other people suffer. So for me, it's, it's I'm like, I, there is a reluctance or I'm really careful of, of what I'm saying, because I really don't want to be saying the wrong thing because it wouldn't be because I'm malicious or because my heart isn't good. It would really be because like my execution isn't one that maybe I would like it to be. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I guess the qualifier would be, I guess, not to get so lost in the language that you forget the meaning. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's well said. Anybody else before we bring this plane into land? I would add um, self-awareness is super key. I think we've kind of sprinkled and mentioned that throughout that the best part of that is it gives you the opportunity to slow down and uh, pause to process each interaction um, with the individual in front of you instead of making a generalization. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, who hasn't, who hasn't gone yet? Nama, um, you like to share one thing that we can yeah. do? Yeah. Um, I wanted to add that kindness is actually, um, something I think we could all use <laughs> because like Mark said about being careful, like, um, if you're on in a privileged position or what is considered privileged um, you might be like afraid even of speaking even asking to know like where are the boundaries and what can I do what can I say like you're literally afraid and I saw a post on LinkedIn where somebody said <laughs> he's even afraid of walking outside because he's afraid of offending he's like I might just open my mouth and offend anyone you know so I think just accommodating each other and just letting others be able to ask and guide from our lived experiences yeah love it love it now man thank you as well for your question um because it's always good I think you know uh, to ask questions during these discussions as well so that was uh that was uh well done Right, guys, um, unless anybody's got really something that's going to be uh, important to say, I think we need to wrap it up for the sake of, of time. Uh, but I do want to take the time to thank each of you for, for being here. And I'm really excited for our next uh, podcast that we do. So thank you for your time, your commitment, uh, and you all taking the time just to be with us uh, today. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. <laughs>